Hey everyone, this is Tiffany. And this is Leah. And, and we're, we're in The Observation Bubble. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about a movie that I came across late night, staying up, and watching IFC. This movie is called Welcome to the Dollhouse. Welcome to the dollhouse. Welcome to the dollhouse. Welcome to the dollhouse. We got it all set up for you. Do, do, do a little girl. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Our plot is Welcome to the Dollhouse, comedy drama released in 1995, starring Heather Matarazzo and Christina Brucato. An awkward 7th grader struggles to cope with inattentive parents, snobbish classmates, a smart older brother, an attractive younger sister, and her own insecurities in suburban New Jersey. The only thing I remembered from the movie, seeing parts of it in the past, was that there was a song that said Welcome to the Dollhouse, and the little girl singing along to it. That's yes. all I remembered from it, really. Her well, brother's no, I remember band. other stuff, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, her brother Mark's band. The Quadratics. Look at ya. Yeah. I didn't even Just because I don't, don't mean I can't. I know things. <laughs> I didn't even remember that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the first things that I wrote down when rewatching this movie for the 15th, 18th, 27th time. Yikes. <laughs> was, and I might be reading a little too far into this, mm -hmm. was what exactly is the dollhouse? I was in more of a mood where I was thinking way too deep. Uh, and in my thoughts at that moment in time, I was thinking exactly what could this dollhouse represent? Mm -hmm. Possibly like the seemingly perfect family or even just like the general facade of what a perfect family should be. Oh, yeah, you went deep. <laughs> in watching the movie, it's just your average run in the mill type of family in which multiple siblings, parents, and one child, Dawn. She is the main character of this film. Yes. Mm -hmm. Played by Heather Maserato. Maserato. I got my T's, my Z's mixed up. <laughs> it happens, I'm sure. Sure, She's it's not the first she'd ever heard of it. I really like Heather Maserato, by the way. I really do, too. Ever since... I don't, uh, I don't know that I've actually seen many of her movies, but she won me over in uh, The Princess Diaries. That's exactly what I was just trying to think of. All I could think of, though, was The Princess Bride, and I knew that that was wrong. I don't think she was in that, no. But in Welcome to the Dollhouse, the main character is the middle child, Dawn. Dawn Wiener. I know. Wiener really... is the last name. It is a very unfortunate last name. Why wouldn't you just say it's pronounced Weiner? It's not better when people can read it that way, but just be Weiner. Yeah, I mean, you can try no to make that, No offense out there everybody... if your name is Wiener. Just saying. It's, it's got to be a, a tough road to hoe, living with the name like that. Especially for Dawn. They called her Wiener Dog. Yeah. Listen, this, this movie really just drag, drives home the point, words, drives home the point that kids are awful. It truly does. Especially in that junior high, middle school age. That was the worst. Yeah, like I remember being in middle school and absolutely hating middle school. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, you think about it, it's all these kids, they're just hitting puberty, they're trying to figure out where they belong, or trying to find a group to which they can belong. Unfortunately for Dawn, she just has not found a group. A matter of fact, I don't think any group would actually accept her. It would appear there is no place for Dawn in yeah. her school, in her home, anywhere. Yeah, like, she is heavily bullied throughout the entire movie. Absolutely. She is so bullied in school that she is bullied by what could be considered the grossly unpopular kids. 
Yeah, she goes to check on a kid being bullied, and he's like, F off, wiener dog. I was yeah. like, excuse the fuck out of me, kid. Yeah, like, she's just trying to stand up for this kid who is getting beat up in the hallway. And then after the bullies left, he was like, oh, fuck you. And she's just like, yo, <laughs> I'm just trying to help. Dude, like. And one of the bullies was Brendan Sexton the third. Yes. Which and this is very confusing because his character's name is Brandon. Yes. And he is Brendan. And that had to have been a little confusing. On set. On set. Yeah. Brendan. No. Brandon. <laughs> the character Brandon really had me messed up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because as terrible of a character as he is, my, my young self thought he was fine. And that like the whole character was like enticing, which is deeply disturbing. Hmm. Yes. I was watching yeah. this. Whenever I rewatched this movie before recording this podcast, I watched it with my husband and I told him, I was like, this little dude, you know, like this character, this little really, shit stain, he really hit home for me as a 13 year old child. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know. I don't even know how I ended up in a healthy relationship. I'm remembering one of your middle school crushes and, um, <laughs> it explains it so kind of makes sense. <laughs> It actually kind of makes sense. So yeah, yeah, like yeah, <laughs> revisiting thirteen-year-old Tiffany. Yeah, yeah. But the character, <laughs> but the character Brandon, like once you get to know him a little bit more, you can see as to why he is the way that he is. Yeah, and I feel like that is something that is relative not only in movies but also in everyday life. Oh, sure. Once you have insight into someone, it's like, oh, now I see why you're doing all this fucked up shit. I mean, I, I get it. Yeah. But I'm going gonna go ahead and say something real quick. Go for it. This is one of those movies that, like, made me uncomfortable the whole time. I was just, like, one scene to another. I was like, can I skip this? No, I can't skip this. I have to watch the whole damn thing. <laughs> it's just like, I don't, I don't like those the moments in movies where someone's about to be embarrassed or humiliated and like that's Don's whole life. Yeah, like you can see it coming. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't that's that's not that's not my thing. Right. Like this movie it it really does make you feel uncomfortable and I feel like that's a reason why it stuck out as much as it did to me. And it hits way too close to home sometimes. Yes. Way because too close. I, I felt like I resonated with the character of Don way too much mm -hmm. like just yep. as that odd preteen not fitting in necessarily i think that's what i think it's like the point of the movie it's what they were trying to do with the movie this is because, yeah because know, a lot of like, people feel that way you think like what other teen movies are there the like the breakfast club oh, what's his name why have i suddenly forgotten his name the director Oh my god, it's gone. The guy who did all of the movies. Anyway, um, you think of Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles. They were they were movietized. They weren't real. They were kind of fantastical. And this one hit so close to home, and that's what makes it uncomfortable and makes me like, because I don't want to watch my my life mirrored on the TV. Felt, yeah, because it felt so raw. Yeah. And like there are parts in the movie where it seems so realistic because of the camera angles 
yeah. and things of the such. Like, there's a scene in the movie where Dawn's little sister goes in, runs to their mother, tell you know, like, telling a story on Dawn. Mm-hmm. And then Dawn gets called up to go speak to her mom. Well, whenever her and her mom are having this argument, the camera actually stays in the room that Dawn was sitting in, in the TV yeah. room. So it feels like you're at their house. <laughs> Overhearing an awkward argument. Yeah, like, like, I'm sure that you've been over at a friend's house before. I know you've been at a friend's house before. <laughs> <laughs> whenever your friend was getting in trouble by their parent. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be in there in the room with them and you're stuck in another room, but you can overhear the entire conversation. No, I'm and... trying to find my way home at that time. <laughs> right. Like, I'm, I'm not here for this awkward stuff. <laughs> but that moment where the camera stays in the TV room while the argument is happening in another room, it just makes you feel like you're actually there. Yeah. And it's you're, it, you're the it, uncomfortable it, friend listening to the argument. Yeah, and it, it just makes it seem that much more realistic and and that much more that much rawer, mm-hmm. more raw. It's raw, raw. And that was actually one of the notes that I made was about that camera that, angle. Yeah, that's just something that really stuck out to me. One of the very first scenes happens in the school cafeteria. And it is with Dawn and another girl named Lolita, who is your typical 90s goth grunge kid. Dawn sits down with her. As soon as Dawn sits down, the girl's like, somebody just threw up their fourth period. Just trying to make Dawn feel as uncomfortable as she could. Yeah. Dawn, who looks like she is walking and living her life in uncomfortableness. Yes just being her they really played up with heather Matarazzo with the glasses they gave her and the outfits they put her in that look like someone's trying to make her look girly and cute but it's kind of not hitting the mark that they want mm-hmm. like she's maybe slightly too old to be dressing this way right but that's what she's stuck in because that's what her parents buy her it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah relatable not then- I, I mean for everybody i'm not saying that's just for me right but, yeah. but no it is it's relatable like i remember being a kid and at being a, a chunky kid, you know, mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. chunky my entire life. Yep. But especially being a chunky kid, back in the 90s, there wasn't a big plus size section. That just wasn't a thing. Right. So in elementary school, I was wearing boys clothes mm-hmm. because boys Same. clothes were more forgiving. You just so, got a bigger size in the boys jeans and they could fit you. And then can't wear like cute little girly tops with your boy jeans and then i had an older brother so i wore hand-me-downs we also got like stuff given to us from ladies at church so i was wearing like old lady clothes and my boy jeans and i felt awkward as fuck (laughs) my entire (laughs) childhood for that so i really was really happy when i went to middle school and there were uniforms yeah it's just <laughs> this movie like it hits home to me as far as feeling uncomfortable in your own skin, yeah, because that is how I felt growing up, like my entire life, mm-hmm. you know, so dawn, her just feeling uncomfortable, it makes it even more relatable to me, right, and she is also like a goody two shoes type of character, mhm, seems to be someone who is afraid of being in trouble, yep. To the point where the people who are bullying her, she won't tell on them because she doesn't want to have that animosity from other students who already shit on her on a regular basis. She tries to tell on them. 
she tries to tell on Brandon at, in a classroom at one point, and then they both get detention. And that's, that's like, with the way the glasses and her kind of um, out of character, out of style dressing, you expect her to be a nerd, um, a teacher's pet. But then they show you that the teachers don't even care about her. Mm-hmm. But she's like, she is just like an island unto herself yes. in every place she goes. Except she's trying, yeah, but she's trying well, to, everywhere she is. She's trying so hard to connect to other people and everybody's just like, fuck off, wiener dog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, her locker mm-hmm. has shit written all over it. Yeah. So it's like, no matter where she goes, she's always reminded of how her peers view her. Yeah. Exactly. And then this this is one of those and now I'm this is pervasive in older film and maybe it's still thing. And I experienced this in in my lifetime as well that we use or these kids use homosexuality as an insult. Like I've I've been asked that and it's like I got to a certain age and I was like think whatever the fuck you want. Why am I supposed to be insulted by that? Even still like how who I like how would that affect you in the first place? Because it, it doesn't this it's just it's it uh, sorry falls into an age-old trope of homophobia and using it to insult another person because it's they consider it a bad thing they consider it gross or evil or whatever and so therefore in their mind that's how they're going to insult you because you don't want to be considered a homosexual because that's awful blah 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 it just it just flew all over me. It flew all over me as a kid. It flows all it flies all over me now. <laughs> right. Even now I'll hear kids mm-hmm. use gay in a derogatory way. Mm-hmm. And I instantly I stopped them. I'm like, that's not It's not an no, insult. It's not an insult. Just stop. Like it's not even funny. Yeah. Ugh. I just made I just I made a note of that. <laughs> so I wanted right. to say it. <laughs> Going back to Dawn's home life. Not only is she, you know, looked at it a certain way whenever she's in school, but whenever she gets home, it doesn't get any better because she's got the older brother who has great grades, you know, so. Seems like he's getting ready for college. Yeah. And he's got his own band, his band with his friends, and he's able to talk to more popular people in school, like the character Steve Rogers, who becomes the singer in, in her brother Mark's band. He's like the most popular guy in school. Everybody knows who he is type thing. He's a good looking guy. Gets around as they used to say. Yes. Maybe they still say. I don't know. Have you ever watched Ugly Betty? Is he that guy? He's that guy. I know he was a guy in Cruel Intentions because I looked at it. Is he in Cruel uh, Intentions? (laughs) Yes. He was the one they were setting up uh, trying to um, with with trying to. They were blackmailing him with proof that he was gay with Pacey. Not Pacey. I don't know. The dude from Dawson's Creek. Why am I trying to act like I know anything about Dawson's Creek? I don't. <laughs> I know somebody was named Dawson was involved. Yeah. Was was there someone named Dawson on Dawson's Creek? I think so. Because I thought maybe it was just the name of the creek. I don't know if there's actually a character. <laughs> don't let me act like water. I know. Don't let don't let me act like I know anything about Dawson's Creek. The dude from but <laughs> James Vanderbeek. I'm pretty sure he is Dawson. Sure, I, I don't know. <laughs> I I didn't watch it. I don't plan to. We talk um, about unpopular films, not <laughs> not overrated not, '90s TV shows. Not highly popular, but not popular enough for me to watch Dawson's Creek. <laughs> 
<laughs> there was a dude in Dawson's Creek who was also in Cruel Intentions who was hooking up with the guy who plays Steve Rogers in this movie, and they were blackmailing him for something to get in with Reese Witherspoon. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so anyway, it, th- that that and that was that stuck out in my mind because um i read some trivia that like part of this was in, inspired cruel intentions later on or something i can see that yeah but steve rogers is a a pretty i don't even know i don't even know how to put this leah like as to what kind of character he is he's not much of one i think that's part of yeah. his character is he's not much of a person he's pretty vain um He's focused mostly on getting some, I'm going to go so, ahead and say getting his dick wet. Yeah. I said it. <laughs> um, And that's about it. He's worried about him and what he's going to do after school. He wants to be in the band. He doesn't want to be in the band. He certainly don't, wants nothing to do with computer science. Not at all. Um, He's oddly accepting of Dawn and her creepy attention to him. Like, there's a whole scene where she's trying to feed him. And she's like, I can make jello. And I was like, girl. Like, you were trying way too hard. Calm down. The thirst but, is real. Yeah, even though whenever she and, uh, whenever Dawn and Steve were in Mark's room, and she had his, her hand on his knee. Did she? I didn't notice that. Oh, she definitely did. And Steve is just, like, chilling, like, whatever. It's, it. It's weird. Yeah. Weird is the word for that moment. Um, and then there's another where they're looking at headshots and she's laying on the bed. She's like, oh, Steve. And I was like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I don't like this. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but he's like oddly accepting of it. And then because Dawn is the way that she is, she reads a lot into that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, then she's ready to take it too far. And he's like, you're a kid. Right. But the thing about it, though, is that he didn't have an issue with other kids. No. You know? But <laughs> he he kind of called her stupid. I'm not. <laughs> he called her the R word. Yeah. I don't want to say it. There's no, a lot that, of that in here. That's what I was about to say is that that word isn't used a lot. That word and the F word. Not the one that we say. Not the fuck word. Not the fuck word. The F word. Yeah. The derogatory word. Yes, that yeah. we will not use. Thank you very much. Correct. No, <laughs> that is not part of our vocabulary. Nope. Fuck all day. That other one? Nope. <laughs> fuck, fuckity, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of the fuck, <laughs> no, oh there is a part in the film going back to Steve and how he's okay with other girls around Dawn's age who have blossomed earlier. You know, because <laughs> Because the character of Steve, he's probably like, He's he's driving. So he's probably like 17. Yeah. And Dawn. I think, yeah. And Dawn's probably around 13. Something like yes. that. She's They're in 7th grade. So. So 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a point in the movie where, where somebody tells her about another girl who is about the same age as Dawn who Steve has had relations with. And... To which Dawn says, she's in my gym class. <laughs> I know her. <laughs> I know her. She's she's in my gym class. 
So Dawn seeks this girl out who is, whenever she finds her, is having like this creepy makeout sesh with some like really old guy. Mm-hmm. Some dude who's like in his 20s. Listening to some random kind of metal music. On the back of his car. Are there two other dudes standing there too? Yeah, there's two other dudes standing there just like chilling, watching, gross. Like watching our 40-year-old friend make out with his 13-year-old girlfriend. No big deal. Disgusting. Yes. Anyhow, <laughs> so Dawn asks the girl about about Steve. Well, the girl like pulls Dawn aside and she's like, okay, well, what'd you hear? So Dawn proceeds to tell her that, you know, she heard that they had messed around and she's like, we didn't even do it. She was like, we finger, he, we finger fucked. Something like yes. that. that and no, no, not something like that. Exactly that. <laughs> that is exactly what she said because I remembered it because it stayed in my brain. Yes. Now the, the, sh- the shit about that scene though, that makes it fucking hilarious to me. Okay. Is not actually while that scene is happening, but later on, whenever Dawn comes and she talks to Steve, and she, like, holds her hands out in front of him. And she says, oh, my God, what the fuck? Oh, and she, like, holds her hands out in front of him. And she's like, want to see my fingers? You want to see my fingers? <laughs> and he is just like, no. <laughs> like, what? But that just shows, like, how naive Dawn mm-hmm. is. And honestly. And kind of desperate. Yeah, desperate, but, like, also, and, you know, like, really naive. And it really also hit home with me because I, even at that age, like I lived a sheltered life. Okay. So she didn't really know what that was. And I didn't really know what that was. So whenever I rewatched this movie with my husband and I saw that I died laughing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm like my mom over here reacting and just like, (laughs) like laughing and clapping (laughs) all at the same time. It was awful but like it oh god i died that whole thing where he like comes to the house looking for her brother and she's like he's not here he'll be home soon you can come wait do you want some food we got fish sticks and we've got hawaiian punch i can make jello and then she's like i can play the piano one listen to me play the piano and she plays the piano she's like now you want to see my fingers (laughs) please stop child (laughs) oh god like it still gets me it still gets me (laughs) But this movie, like, it also, it also is the host to one of my favorite, favorite insults ever. (gasps) I think I know where you're going now. I'm pretty sure you do because I know you've heard me say it at least a million times. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is the host to the insult. You think you're hot shit, but you're really just cold diarrhea. Love it. I love that. I did not like the delivery of it. That kid threw away that line like Patrick Swayze, nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> He's like, you think you're hot chip, but you really just called diarrhea. I was like, come on, you've got to deliver you, that with authority, man. You, you cannot let that die off in, on the end. You know, what, that's <laughs> the really, most impactful really part. You really just called diarrhea. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you've got to give it like with a solid punch. And the shit about it, though, huh, is that... <laughs> <laughs> the shit about it, though, is the fact that he is saying this to the character brandon mm-hmm. and his little goons yes so it's like standing up for himself fighting back and i love that at one point dawn says she's fighting back because she got in trouble and her mom says who told you to fight back <laughs> yeah good, yeah good job mom thank you thank you mom <laughs>
Which reminds me, I didn't finish touching the subject I'm sorry. of the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Of the mom and the dad, and then the older brother with his band, and also the younger sister, Missy, who is the seemingly perfect child. Yes. She's the child that her parent or that their parents always wanted. And they got it with the last one, and they treat her like a little princess. Yeah, she's... To the point to where she is dancing around the entire movie in, like, a little tutu. Tutu and a leotard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, she does go to dance class. Yeah. But, like, you can wear other clothes to the family party. You can wear or, something else. You can still wear your outside. tutu. You can just wear your tutu, but, like... She's full leotard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she's, like, pretty, and she's got all the little dolls, and she's all this. And, like, okay, literally the plot says her, an attractive younger sister, which she's, like, seven. Eight. Yeah. Know, which I'm like, Ugh. that's a little mis- <laughs> mischaracterizing there. <laughs> well, not mischaracterizing, but misrepresenting, maybe, the age yeah. of the younger sister. Like, yeah. she's a she's a literal child. Yes. Literally a child. But... I can't tell if she really, I can't tell if she really dislikes Dawn or if she's just being a bratty sister. Because everybody just seems to like dislike Dawn, like more than just sibling stuff and more right. than forgetful parents of the middle child. It feels like they've just like written Targeted her Targeted her. Yeah. Yeah. Written her off. But if they can get her in trouble, though, they're gonna. See, because like back to the conversation we were having about the camera angle staying mm-hmm. in the room yeah that all started because missy went and told their mom something yeah like she didn't have to go rat on dawn i mean granted i mean i guess it's just like a sibling thing i don't know can't relate yeah <laughs> it's a it's a sibling thing especially i'm just gonna go ahead and say it's especially a younger sibling thing especially <laughs> a younger sister thing for if from my experience <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a thing that you do the slightest slight and uh um don called me a name <laughs> i don't know but they either target her or completely write her off well see well the thing about i think you were gonna point out the scene with leaving the camera in the room and you can hear Don getting in trouble. Then at the end of the scene, Missy comes back trouble, into the room. Yeah. Yes. Don's been sent to a room and then Missy comes and takes her spot. Yeah. She just like comes walking in like, yeah. And then she just takes control of the remote and watches whatever she wants to watch. That is a younger sibling's privilege to then take over whatever was just taken from the sibling. You just got in trouble. Now this movie, it also touches on another pretty heavy subject of abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. Like the whole relationship between Brandon and Dawn is very toxic. Super toxic. Which is also why it's kind of disturbing, or not kind of, but as to why it is disturbing for me to admit that Brandon as a character was as appealing to me as he was. <laughs> That's why you got a real long, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yep. since you just rewatched it, and you're going to stand by that. Yep. Yep. 13-year-old me was all about it. Well, I mean, I can't <laughs> change the past, you know? <laughs> can't change the past. I just nope. remember that's how I felt. I, I Little to no judgy. <laughs> now, the whole relationship with Brandon and Dawn really starts after her ratting him out, mm-hmm. and they're in detention together. Is it after that detention that he says it to her? Um, I think it's after that but i don't remember what the catalyst is for his 
unhealthy attention toward her. All of his attention to her is unhealthy. Yeah. Or is that after he uh, tries <gasps> to get after... invited to Cookie's birthday no, no, no. party? It it happens like he reiterates there. But the first time he says the thing to her is after cold diarrhea. It's after that. Is it? Yes. Because he talks about, she calls him the R word. And uh. that triggers him. Because his brother is mentally handicapped. Yes. And then sometime after that, he says the thing. Yes. yes. To which he implies that he is going to do something to her. He, says he does that not at three imply. Yeah, he well, explicitly he, he states. Yeah. He says that he is going to... Force himself on her. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. So he says that he is going to force himself on her at three o'clock. Yes. So... After school that day, she tries to run out of the school, out of the back of the school building, which I guess that he had assumed that that's what she was going to do because he catches her mm -hmm. and like he follows, he walks behind her the entire way to whatever location that this is and with his knife, like he's got his knife out the whole way and like leading her to an undisclosed location to which whenever they get there, he, they don't actually luckily like that, that doesn't happen, mm -hmm. but he tries to, he's, he begins to confide in her. Yeah. And he, how do I want to put this? Go ahead. I know you got something. <laughs> it just, I've, I've, since the first time I saw it, because that's one thing I remember from seeing it before, too, um, was him saying he was going to force himself on her multiple times, he says this. Yes. Um, and then the way he walks her off and sits her down and then starts talking to her and all this. I, how do I want to say this? Is he so naive he doesn't know what to do or does he have no intention of doing anything and he's just all talk? Or is it a combination of the two? It's probably, I feel like it's more of an all talk type of situation. Mm -hmm. um, because whenever it actually comes to actually doing it, yeah, he completely, like, he, well, he like, just doesn't. When I say naivety, na whatever, um... I mean, like, does he, I don't know what I'm saying. Not like he doesn't know mechanics. I hate this. Um, he doesn't know <laughs> mechanics of anything, but like, all he knows is that's something horrible to say to someone. Yeah. And like, he has, in his mind, it's not going to involve the actually actual... forcing, forcing himself on her. He's just threatening her how he knows how to threaten her. He knows how to scare a girl by saying he's going to force himself on her. Right. That was that was my thought. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely possible. You know, like, just throwing out a word because you don't really understand it. Even though yeah. you really shouldn't because you don't understand it. <laughs> but you know it's a way of, of hurting Enforcing fear. Yeah. yeah. So, that's how their relationship starts relationship you know air quotes. air quotes yeah audible air quotes <laughs> uh but that's how it starts and it kind of grows 
I don't know if I would say that she necessarily has those feelings for him, but it's like she almost wants to have feelings for him because he's a boy who's showing her attention. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's more what it is. It's someone who's finally starting to show her some, some positive attention. Or what she she takes as positive attention. Because he'll kiss her. Yeah. He never really says anything endearing towards her, but it's like he'll spend time with her and then he gives her some sort of physical affirmation. Yeah. And that makes her feel that makes her feel like she has some worth. Mm. Because in every other part of her life, she's just been shit on. Well, she is being shit on here too. She just doesn't realize it, I guess. Yeah. I, it's all it's all kind of fucked up. It's all very so. fucked up. But like there are a lot of out of the norm kind of situations yeah like um first of all okay no no here's something i want to talk about don's don's parents are having a party and um they want to have it in the backyard and don has a clubhouse back there and when they ask for all the children's help for something with the party what they ask of don is to tear down her clubhouse. Which is the one thing that she loves. It bothered me so much. Yes. Well, I mean, that, obviously, that's the point. I mean, that's what they want. But that's what they want. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, that that hit home. Like, I can't, my parents would never. No. You know? I No, I'm going to just say it. No good parent yeah. <laughs> would ever demand their child give up something they love, tear something that they built down for them to have a party. Have a party around the fucking clubhouse. <laughs> right, like, I mean, it can't take up that much space. And they really the reasoning for her, for them asking her to tear down the clubhouse is so that they have more space because they need every, they need all the space that they can, is what they said. Stupid. Very Stupid. And really hard to relate to in the age of a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't like, nobody you, seen each other. <laughs> everything I watch now is like, you shouldn't have that many people there. Where are your masks? <laughs> yeah. First of all, social distancing. Is this there hand sanitizer? This should be a virtual party for all the, all but like 10 of your guests. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. There are five of them family-wise. Three more members of the band. You can have one guest there. That's it. If I did that math right. I think so. Yes. Two. Two. You can have two guests there. Math is my <laughs> my thing, obviously. Hey, well, I, I backed it, you know, <laughs> until I thought about it. I know, it. but I could tell you were thinking about it. She's like, how can I prove her wrong? Hold on. <laughs> that, yeah, because that's what I live for. <laughs> how can I prove Leah wrong today? <laughs> I'm, honestly, I think a lot of people live for that. It feels like it. It feels like a lot of people do. Are we finished? No. There's no way we're finished talking about Don and Brandon already. Or are we? I don't know. He never does successfully force himself on her. Although apparently in my search for movie trivia, um, it says that in earlier versions of the script, he was successful. Oh, really? Yes. That it well, I'm glad that that, yeah, I'm glad that that, uh, didn't make the cut or yeah whatnot so the director confirms that his first ideas were 
quote unquote, darker and more depressing than the final version, but says he doesn't want to publish earlier drafts. So that means they were real, real fucked up. Yeah. I mean, because this whole movie, it's pretty, it's pretty messed up. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty dark. Yeah. You know what? One thing I noticed about the movie, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a weirdo who notices things like that, but I'm sure I am one of lots of weirdos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who does this? The, I don't know if this is the right word, the ambient sound, um, the sound of people walking or doing something, typing on a computer, getting something, moving, any kind of moving sound is so prominent. Like in a scene where Dawn is talking to Steve, hot boy Steve, in in her brother's room and he comes in and says something you can hear him you can hear every step he takes away from them hear him sit down in his chair and i don't know i it to me that means it's like a quiet movie because there's no like background music to set the tone and that's part of what makes it so like awkward and uncomfortable is that there's nothing there's nothing under the dialogue covering the sound you hear every movement and every nuance and shit right i feel like that's like a big thing on indie movies alone though yeah yeah is that they are more they are quieter Mm -hmm. so it makes you more aware of what's happening in the film yeah like every little thing like how you were saying like every little thing kind of stands out more Yes. I feel like that's, like, intentional in that manner. I buy that. <laughs> I really enjoyed the music in it, though. I enjoyed the band, the Quadratics music. Yeah. And what songs they did play. Like, when Brandon is marching Dawn to what would be a sexual assault in this place, but wasn't. Yes. That was weird. Um, they play this like operatic music and I couldn't like identify it it could just be random kind of thing or I could just be not educated enough to know that kind of stuff that's a definite possibility um, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know it I don't know what it tonal, tonally speaking I don't know if it fit but it didn't not fit and I just enjoyed it anyway yeah so. <laughs> yeah like the music in the movie I feel like it's pretty it's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. And like it it's not overplayed and it's not anything that too big, especially for like Mark's band. You know, like yeah. a high schooler's garage band, you don't really expect them to sound like fantastic. Like in Freaky Friday, for example. <laughs> Her band, that garage band, sounds so good. Mm-hmm. You know? It does. Whereas it polished. Yes. Whereas in Welcome to the Dollhouse, the garage band sounds like what a garage band would sound like especially one that is based around drums a keyboard a clarinet a clarinet yes <laughs> a clarinet the singer and his guitar <clears throat> yeah when they sorry when they start out it's um it's drums keyboard and clarinet and they can't get they can't get it together and it reminds me like bill and ted we need eddie van halen <laughs> <laughs> and they got Steve Rogers, Hot Boy Steve. 
they got Hot Boy Steve at. That is their Van Halen. Or, yep. yeah, they're Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, he's their Van Halen. Good connection. Thank you. I try. Another yes. thing that I was want to talk about, as far as, like, the dynamic between Dawn and her peers is a lot of it, you know, focuses around Brandon. The girl Lolita, the goth grunge goth girl, she has a liking for Brandon. Yeah. Which Mm. is shown in a scene where is, which is shown in a scene in the library. Well, she confronts Dawn before the scene in the library. Yeah, she confronts Dawn in the bathroom. And says, Brandon is mine. Stay away from And, me. yeah, but then what happens? One of the more memorable in that lines bathroom in the movie. Room? Yes. She's like, you, Dawn walks into the bathroom. She obviously has to use the restroom. Do I want to give this away? See, I don't know. Because it's, I wrote it down as memorable quotes. Um, but, <laughs> you want to say the line? We can just say the line and then people can take whatever they want from it. Okay, well, you can say the line, because I don't have it in front of me. Okay, well, I wrote it down. Dawn goes into the bathroom. Whatever. Okay, the memorable line from the scene between Dawn and Lolita is, you didn't come in here to wash your hands. You came in here to take a shit. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I didn't. I just needed to, my hands were dirty. (laughs) And she's like, you're lying. I'm not making fun of Heather Matarazzo's voice. I'm just, that's just what I do. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, and just the whole film, the whole movie, makes you uncomfortable. That scene, not excluded. No! Definitely <laughs> can't exclude that scene from uncomfortable. No. And, like, it's just I, one more If thing. ever anyone confronted me about actual shit-taking, I wouldn't know what to do. What do I... <laughs> I mean, yes, we all know. Everybody poops. There are Everybody, whole yeah. books about it that we read to our children. But if someone actually came up to me and said, you're going to take a shit, or you just took a shit, or whatever, I would I would be taken aback. And if someone said, I know you didn't come in here to wash your hands, I know you came in here to take a shit, I'd be like, I'd, I would do the same thing. No, no, my hands are <laughs> no, dirty. No, my hands are dirty. <laughs> like, uh, like, you know, I just picked something up off the ground, and I don't trust this place. And I, you know, or I just... I don't know. Or in today's society, you could just be like, yo, the Rona's rampant right now. For real. I mean, personal safety. I touched my face. Now I have to wash my hands and my face. Yes. And then I have to sanitize. And then I have to put gloves and a mask back on. <laughs> Not the gloves. Gloves aren't a thing, but everybody, please wear your mask. Thank you. Yes, mask is very important. Do not leave the house without it. Yes. And don't leave the house if you have, unless you absolutely have to. Yeah, I'm one of those. That is well. <laughs> so that scene... <laughs> and she okay brandon never forces himself on dawn but lolita forces dawn into a very uncomfortable moment at the end of that scene it's not it's not on the same par it's not on par with each other no but it's she uncomfortable nonetheless yes it is it's not because it's not either way the brandon stuff but the actions that would that either do take place or would have taken place would have been involuntary on Dawn's behalf. Yes. Yes. She did not give consent. Exactly. Even You need consent for voyeurism, too. Shut up, Leah. <laughs> okay. 
What else you got note wise? Um, I've got on here oh about Brandon and Cookie. Okay. I feel like this interaction I feel like this interaction between Brandon and Cookie really does put an emphasis on the type of guy that Brandon is. To the point where like your stereo okay. I don't know. I feel like I'm like kinda talking too deep about the subject of abusers, yeah. you know? But psychologically, a lot of the times whenever somebody is the abuser in a relationship, they have low self-esteem and they are trying to find somebody who has lower self-esteem to take their their own personal aggressions out on. Right. Now, the situation with Brandon and Cookie really kind of emphasizes that because Brandon approaches Cookie and Cookie is the popular girl in school and he approaches her with a cookie as her birthday present Mm -hmm. to which she replies what is this it didn't even cost anything and like laughs at him and walks off yeah meanwhile he's just trying to get invited to her birthday party because his friends were invited his and yeah and right after that scene with cookie he walks up to dawn and has another negative another negative interaction with her i mean that's all of their interactions but yet another one yeah also one of cookie's friends is an actress named christina vidal Mm -hmm. she was also in the movie brink the disney channel original movie brink did you ever watch that no oh didn't have Leo. the Disney Channel until I was old enough to not want to watch the Disney Channel. <laughs> I'm sorry. Going back to an earlier reference. Yeah. She was in Freaky Friday. Oh, I thought she looked like the girl from Freaky Friday. In the yes, band. Yes, yes. I thought so. One of the singer yeah. ladies. Yeah. yeah. So she was in Freaky Friday. She was That's in the Disney Channel original movie. Yes. Brink. She was also the main character in her own TV show called Tiana. It used to come on Nickelodeon back in the day about a young Latina singer. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. I dig it. Just didn't watch it. Yes. I did. I enjoyed it. I was a Nickelodeon child who later on in life had some Disney sprinkled in. I was a UPN child because I didn't have cable. So I watched UPN (laughs) after school every day. So, and I watched TV with my grandmother in the morning, so I was a TBS morning child and a UPN afternoon child. <laughs> so that's where you got your saving in the bill, was from TBS. Yes, that, and we also watched MASH and the Beverly Hillbillies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of Saved by the Bill. Yes. A lot of Saved by the Bill. But as far as, as my notes, I think I've got all mine. We basically covered all of mine, but I have some trivia. Okay, what you got? Um... I love that mental floss is really great for movie trivia and stuff. And the name of the article list, whatever it is on mental floss, I love it, is 10 Uncomfortable Facts About Welcome to the Dollhouse. (laughs) Only 10? (laughs) Um, Not all of them are interesting, you know, if you really want to read them, whatever. They're uh, available. Yeah, you can look it up. But uh, I only found, I found some of them kind of interesting. It was inspired by the Wonder Years. Okay. Uh, he said that uh, it says Salons. That's the last name of the director. Hold on. Let me actually find his name because that might be important. Todd. Todd Salons. He said, I had been told it was a popular show, 
Salons told an interview of The Wonder Years. I tuned in, and even though it's set in a time when I grew up, he was born in 1959, it bears little resemblance to the era I knew. So I wrote this script in about 1988 and put it in a drawer because I was certain it would never be made. That's all it says. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh. I never would have guessed that that would have been based on The Wonder Years. Yeah. I, or uh, influenced by. Yeah. Uh, the people who enforced child labor laws would have frowned upon the production if they'd known about it. That they sometimes worked in the middle of the night. It's not legal to have... Oh, shit. Something's playing on my computer. Hold on. <laughs> so they did a lot of night shoots, and that's not legal because they had child actors, but they broke the rules. So that's something. Okay. Um, one thing I did know going into this, and it's been interesting, is that Heather Matarazzo is gay. She's a lesbian. Yeah. Yes. And something that I read here, it says, playing a character accused of being a lesbian helped Matarazzo explore her own sexuality. Um, she says, I didn't even know what lesbo meant, she later said of her 12-year-old self. When she learned what it meant, she had an epiphany. Oh my god, that's what I am. I'm a lesbian. Excited by her discovery, she'd go around the set to the people I really liked and say, I'm a lesbian. I'm a lesbian. And I, I think that's fucking cool. Yeah. To kind of give someone their identity, even though she might have struggled with that. Um, I think she I but, think she did struggle with that. Yeah, but like even giving her the knowledge as yeah. to, you know, like what that these feelings are something that actually has a title. Yes. Maybe. Yes. It gave a name to something she was feeling. It kind of validated that, even if it might not have made her feel great about it the way they were referring to it especially right yes um it might not have helped given her any confidence in it but it it mm -hmm. gave her gave her something to identify with correct so what, what else do we have um oh the the character don wiener has been revived in two other movies made by todd salons um, there's a movie called Palindromes in two th from 2004 that begins with a funeral for Don Wiener, said to have gotten pregnant in college before committing suicide. Yikes. Dark. Yeah. I mean, Dark. are we surprised? Um, Don Wiener was resurrected for Wiener Dog in 2016, a triptych of stories with a, a dachshund as the connecting thread. Now she's a veterinary nurse and played by Greta Gerwig. Kieran Culkin plays Brandon, Don's bully boyfriend from Welcome to the Dollhouse. Matarazzo briskly told Salons around the time of Palindromes that she didn't want to reprise the role and said she learned of Wiener Dog's existence on the internet. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, it inspired Cruel Intentions. Um, the writer-director of the movie Cruel Intentions said, I'd just seen Todd Salons' Welcome to the Dollhouse, and I was like, wow, fucking up high school, never seen this. <laughs> and the and the idea popped into his head to do dangerous liaisons set in high school and then it had one of the actors from welcome to the dollhouse in it steve rogers what's his name yes uh eric mabius i want to say yes yeah yes. welcome to the dollhouse was his first it was his film debut it was oh the film debut of eric mabius heather matarazzo and brendan sexton the third all right yeah which I only knew Brendan Sexton the third, which I 
feel weird saying his whole name so many times in a row. <laughs> um, he's from one of my favorite movies, Empire Records. Yes. He plays Warren. As the shitty little kid. Yes. Yeah. He kind he kind of redeems himself. He just wanted he just wanted a place to be and a place to exist and he just wanted his own to be space loved. to be able to exist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He just wanted to work at Empire Records and didn't we all when we yes. saw it? If you Honestly. didn't want to work at Empire, if you did not want to work in a record store after watching that movie, I think you were watching the wrong movie. For for sure. For sure. Like, everybody wanted to work at Empire Records after watching Empire Records. Now I want to go watch Empire Records. <laughs> okay, so, do we want to talk about the IMDb rating for this? Okay. Is 7.4. So, what's your personal rating for it? I have watched this movie way too many times. It has stuck with me ever since I was a child. Literal child. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my rating is going to be pretty high. It's memorable. Yep. Some would say haunting. <laughs> I am some. Some is me. <laughs> it's very memorable. Like, it leaves the impression. It really makes you think about certain things. Mm-hmm. The character of Don Wiener hit close to home. <sighs> Like it, it just it really ranks high up there for me. Like okay. there's not there's not really like a whole bunch of kind of like oddball. Well, I'm lying because this whole podcast is based on us enjoying oddball films. Yeah, please but don't 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 cut us down so soon. Like no, we're only two episodes in. She's like, there's nothing out there. There's nowhere to go from here. This film I would rate as a solid eight and a half or a nine. Yes. Oh, you want mine now? Yes. It is memorable because I remembered seeing parts of it. <laughs> yes. When I was younger. I don't remember From when why. I had made me watch it. I'm sure. Yes. I will say you made me watch other movies that I remembered a lot better. Like I went home and bought my own copy of them. <laughs> um, I did not with this one. It took several years and yes. a podcast to make me watch it again. <laughs> to actually make you watch it all the way through. Yes. At that. Yes, to see all of it for all of its what it is. I mean, it's an indie film. I dig that. Or it was made for $800,000. So, yeah, it's safe right. to say it's an indie film. Low budget. I dig that. I dig Heather Matarazzo. Mm-hmm. I dig the music. Yes. Um, I was so uncomfortable through the whole thing. It's hard not to take that into account. It just is. <laughs> That's one of the things that makes me really enjoy it, though. See, I don't like being uncomfortable. I mean, it's not really my favorite thing to be uncomfortable, but, like, it makes you feel something. I don't want to feel things. Oh, okay. (laughs) I feel too much already. We've talked about how I cry at everything, right? Well, this didn't make me cry, but I have enough emotions. I have all of them on my own. It's like this one just taps into one I don't feel that often. Yeah. So for it to, like, strike that type of nerve for me... It makes it that much greater, in my opinion. But continue. Go ahead. <laughs> I'd give it a I'd give it a seven, probably. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's not it's not a bad movie. It's maybe not for everyone. I would watch it again in a few years. Yeah. Give yourself some um, time to heal. <laughs> I it's not something I would watch regularly. It wouldn't be in my like I do there are movies that I watch over and over again when I just yeah. need something on. I just need something to distract myself because my crippling anxiety is becoming just too crippling. Yes. Um, then I'll turn on a favorite. This wouldn't be one of those. 
but I I won't discount it because it is a good movie and it has I don't know if it has a good message. I'm not sure it really has a <laughs> message. It just has some relatable stuff to it. Yeah. Um, but it's a good movie, but, so I would I would give it a solid seven. Yeah, along with like what you were saying about the movie not necessarily having a message. Yeah. After it was over, because my husband, he's someone that if he watches a movie, he wants to have a beginning, a middle, and a very distinct end. Okay, I bet and he this movie, The Return of the King, if he saw that, there were so many endings. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Brian's an LOTR uh, nerd like me, but yeah. He's not. He is not. We'll forgive him, though. <laughs> um, you will. No, okay. Yeah. But he wants a very distinct end, and this is something that Welcome to the Dollhouse does not have. Yeah. Just like, kinda, it's one of those kind of... kind of. It's a kind of a fade-out kind of thing. Like, yeah. It's something kind of innocuous that you're not even sure why it's in a movie, because nothing's happening is what they show Uh and then it's just over (laughs) well to be fair though to be fair in the very beginning of the movie they do mention what is happening in the end and it it's kind of brought up a couple of times in the movie i didn't i didn't make a connection with that though but no i'd but yeah that that kind of like foreshadowing is is cool but then it's just it's just over and dawn's just still dawn Mm -hmm. didn't get finger fucked by hot boy Boy steve or a hot boy steve nah or assaulted by brandon nothing happened to the rest of her family nothing's nothing like nothing's changed like it's not a very distinct ending you know like there's not not i'm not saying that every movie has to have a message no and that every movie has to be groundbreaking breaking or whatever some movies are just movies for the entertainment yeah and this is a movie that is just a movie for entertainment value and I, that's fine. I'm not saying, I'm, like, when I say it didn't have a message, I'm not saying it has to. Right. But, like, it's the kind of thing, if it were, like, a typical kind of movie, you'd want some kind of resolution for Dawn. Mm-hmm. Or some kind of, something po- positive for Dawn. And there's just not. Dawn's exactly where she started. Right. And I feel like that's something, though, that also makes this movie so damn good to me is the fact that it's just a block of this individual's life which also makes it so realistic is the fact that it starts out some shit happens nothing nothing grand nothing big you know really happens and life just goes on Mm -hmm. and that's another thing it just makes it so relatable and so so great to me (laughs) I'm, apparently i'm very so what, passionate about it <laughs> you you love this movie I, and you know I do. what that's that's great i love that you have a movie that you love i just because <laughs> i love it as much as you do doesn't make it any less for you obviously right that's, that's any movie there yes. my my brother loved some movies that i will never even try to watch uh, same uh, yeah yeah i will not watch especially that one <laughs> yeah now there are some others that I, I happen to see part of. Um like I got I had to get myself invited over to his friend's house um because it was it was a church friend. So he ended up having to invite me. <laughs> I forced my way in. Forced my way in and then they started watching a movie I hated, so I f- pretended to fall asleep. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I thought we were gonna do something fun. This movie again? <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> right 
<laughs> but um but no i i love that you're you're passionate about it and you love it and, and it speaks to you and that's great yeah and my daughter will definitely not be able to watch this as early as i did for sure block uh, ifc or put a parental they, code on it or something they they're don't not what they play used to these be. types of films anymore block all no the shade <laughs> <laughs> like here disney plus that's all you need <coughs> we don't have cable <laughs> well that works that helps her yeah as long as she knows how to get to disney plus and that's it that's fine yeah well well so do we want to give it like an official podcast rating somewhere between seven and eight point five to nine okay so since your rating was a seven and my rating i'm just gonna say it is a nine <laughs> You want to say that the Observation Bubbles podcast rating for this film is an 8? That sounds like it's in the middle between 7 and 9. Alright. <laughs> so well, Welcome to is. the Dollhouse has the official podcast rating of an 8. Plugging it into the database. It's in. Woo! Alright, and this is a we'll watch again movie. From both of us. She said it. <laughs> I said it. I need some time. And some other but movies in between. But, but yeah, I'll watch it. it again. I said it. It's recorded for posterity. That's right. So, yeah, can't. Pandora doesn't go back in the box. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <coughs> All right. All right. So I guess we need to wrap it up here. You've got yeah. a lot to edit here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So don't forget to send us an email if you've got a movie you want us to really watch or. Um, you think we'll enjoy you think it'll be on our watch again list <laughs> <laughs> just send us something interesting to watch yep that's all that's all we need that's all we need in life <laughs> something to watch yep. but uh send it to the observation bubble at gmail.com and tiffany will check it out and then let me know and we'll squeal <laughs> over having gotten an email from a listener for the first time that'll be cool that'll be fun to do yeah, that'll be super cool and um, that's going to be it. Tiffany, do you have any parting words? You think you're hot shit, but you're really just cold diarrhea. That's mic drop, honestly. <sighs> Take care, All friends, right. and we'll see you next time. Here in the observation bubble. Bye! Bye! <laughs>